Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. Well, the fingers have been snapped. That means the podcast has begun for another episode, Ted. It's another finger snap, an episode of Standing By, the Terry and Ted podcast. Uh, do your thing. Brought uh, to you by. Yeah, no, no, do your other thing. What other thing? Uh, do your uh, pheasant pucker flits. I'm not the pheasant plucker. I'm the pheasant plucker's son. I'm just plucking pheasants <laughs> till the pheasant plucking's done. I split a sheet, a sheet I split, and on the splitted sheet I sit. That's I've done that on the radio. When you, know. you yes, high wire act. When you said <laughs> yeah. finger snap, finger snapping podcast. That's what I thought. The of. finger snapping podcast. I'll be okay. I'm okay. all right. Um, we have company. We and, do have and, company, uh, and we'll we'll we're, we're going to studiously ignore them like we always do with yep, company. Like Don't a, take it personally, yep, Shane. Like a couple of ours. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we have to take care of. Uh, we got to take care of a little business right off the hop. Yeah, by thanking our business yep, too. Yeah, thanking our title sponsors from Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Can and you can believe just, that a that a Fancy yeah, pants, fancy pants, highfalutin uh, luxury car brand. And would, can I just say something? Yes. They they don't even ask us anything. I said to Ted, you know, we better phone them and tell them how we're doing. Yeah, we let them know that people like the podcast. They're like, we don't care. We just want to yeah. be on the podcast. We want to be associated yeah. with you guys, and uh, and so they are yes. as our title sponsors. Uh, they had supply chain issues like everybody else during the pandemic, but it's all coming back online now. They're taking delivery of the new generation of Range Rover. They're taking orders for the Range Rover Sport, which is the most popular model at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. That's the one that people seem to like the most. And there's a new one coming next year. It's uh, the Land Rover Defender 8-seater. Uh, they've had clients say, you know, I love this Range Rover, but I need something with eight seats. And they say, well, the Range Rover is the, uh, they make that, that's the optimum, optimal five-passenger SUV. We're not going to mess with that formula. But the Defender is coming, and it will seat eight comfortably. Uh, it'll compete with the likes of the Cadillac Escalade or the Ford Expedition or the uh, the GMC Suburban. But it'll be a Land Rover, don't you know? and a Land Rover Defender at that. The old Defender, the original Defender, was the one you used to see in uh, Doctare. <laughs> going to put another song in my head. There you go. You do that better than I do, though. because you, <laughs> <laughs> you can hit the high notes. Yeah, they've come a long way since that little military-looking yeah, uh, issue uh, back in the Doctare day. Uh, the Land Rover Defender, is it's like a luxury tank. Yeah. Uh, go up and have a look. Go up and have a look at all the vehicles uh, at Jaguar Land Rover Laval, and look online. Why don't you at JaguarLaval.ca and LandRoverLaval.ca? We thank them for their ongoing support. As we say, our title sponsor. And um, one of the th- what's happened? <laughs> you just hit the microphone with your glasses. Yeah, with my glasses, I did, <laughs> and pretended it didn't happen. Yeah, and you thought I was going to let it go. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> Um, and one of the things that um, I said at the end of the, lo- of the last podcast, and I thought I would say at the beginning of the podcast, I was talking to somebody, um, Reg Johns. 
Yes. Reg Johns is, he's like the, he's like the Bill Belichick of radio. Yeah. This, Reg Johns programs some amazing radio stations over the years, including here in Montreal, CKGM, and is one of the most respected people in the broadcast game, and now has moved to the world of podcasts. And him and I had a phone conversation. He said, don't forget to tell people to share your podcast. It's important. He said, make sure that your fans, people that love the podcast, tell other people about the podcast. He said, you know, have people, if they, they hear an episode, to share it along, you know, send it along and email it to them or share the link with them. And uh, we'd appreciate that. If you if you do that, if you, you like what you hear and you're having fun with it, um, do share it with uh, with friends who may not know about that. We would... Uh, Ted and I will come over and give you a present. We will. And Bill Belichick is a good comparable for Reg, except Reg is not nearly that crabby. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Time to introduce you to our guest on this episode. It's the uh, legendary, if you live in Montreal, he's a legendary guy. Shane Murphy has been a uh, uh, just a, a, a landmark part of the music scene in Montreal since 96, Shane? I would, would that, say, yeah. Would that be appropriate, Ni- 90 or accurate, 1995, 96, yeah, somewhere in there? there? Yeah, that's when I first started playing wow. as Shane Murphy. Is that Hold not on. your real name? No, it's not. I didn't know this. No. This is news to me. Breaking news, Ted. That's right. Shane Murphy. His real name is Jesus Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But. Don't mess that. That was going to change my name, actually. Yeah. It's like Shane Jesus Murphy. But I have to deal with the Catholics. They get touchy about yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so is that is it a stage name? No, no. I'm no, you're, you're yeah. just messing with yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right out of the gate, he's right having us on. He was actually room. mocking me even before we started. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I just, I just want to talk about Sunday. What? No, no Belichick. Shane. What's your uh, what's your background? Where where are you? Like these are questions that I I tried to answer. Not much about you online when I was doing my research last yeah. night. Doing um, are, are you from here? Yeah, born You're, and raised. Born and raised Montreal. My uh, my my dad is a uh, Goose Village, Griffintown, Point wow. Saint Charles, Verdun Irish guy. That Goose Village boy, that's Irish history. And my mom is from the North End. Mm-hmm. Now they call it the Mile End. Right. But when she was going up, you know, Waverly and uh, Waverly and Van Horn. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Verdun. And then... Uh, Verdun boy. Yeah, and then I moved to NDG when I was about 14. Oh. So I went to Verdun Catholic High School, and then my mom said, you're going to Loyola. I said, what's Loyola? <laughs> and um, yeah, so and then I... Loyola at the time was a, a big uh, guitar school. What? Yeah. Really? A lot the of Catholic players. boys' school, Loyola, was a big guitar school? We had nothing to do, yeah. yeah. Wow. Father Brennan had a had an old Spanish guitar, and we could go there and sit there on our lunch break and just and just pick. And my, wow. my cousin, uh, Danny, gave me a guitar when I was 10, and I didn't play it for two years. Just sat there. Just sat there, but I was the coolest kid in Verdun because I had an electric guitar. Right. Same. So then he came and checked on me. He said, well, if you don't start playing the guitar soon, because I didn't know, you know, I was just looking in my room, try to press the girls. He said, if you don't start playing, I'm going to take it back. So I moved to to NDG, Loyola, you know, trying to make friends. And it was right at the time that uh, Michael J. Fox released Back to the Future. Ah. 1986. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was a that was a big movie in Loyola, and then I started playing guitar. <laughs> right, 
We know how that goes. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm thrilled that you brought one, by the way. We'll be able to use it a bunch of times during the podcast. And so I, I, I played sports at Loyola. I played football, wrestled, and the guitar was always there. And then I started playing with my, my cousins. And um, then I got the bug. And then I did my wow. first, I think I did my first bar gig. I was 16. Wow. And then gigging, gigging, gigging. And then I started making money, started getting paid, playing the guitar. And Next thing you know, you're a musician. Yeah. Did... Um, did you get razzed? Because I know I, I know this because I was born in Verdun. Mm-hmm. My parents were also both born in Verdun. Mm-hmm. And my dad moved this out to the West Island in 1965. So my formative years were in 65. But I remember my mom saying, people in Verdun made fun of us. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants off to the West Island. Same thing with NDG. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants moving to NDG. Yeah, there was def- did, did there was, that happen? There was definitely some ball busting going on uh, <laughs> when I went to visit my friends back in Verdun. Right, Verdun's a very real place. Yeah, it's a blue collar, hard yeah, working, rough people, and tumble, Irish, French. Yeah, yeah, and um, people are very real there. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. very honest with you. You know, yeah. like I remember more than on one occasion. You know. You'd be walking to school and some kid would be like, hey, uh, I don't like your fucking face. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Um, and then, yeah, so, but it, it it's a it's a very grounding place. Big you know, time, it's, it's, absolutely. You can't really, as they say, no. as, you know, as my family members say, don't get your arse over your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meaning don't think you're, you know. Yeah. So, don't think you're all the business. Yeah, so yeah. as the music, yeah. you know, as the yeah. music thing would you know, started to progress and different yeah. festivals and this and that. You know, people be, oh, yeah, you think your arse is a star. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, you think your arse is a star, eh? You're a fucking tough guy. You can't. So it's always a very, they're looking at you going, you know, don't think. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, just don't think yeah, too yeah. much of yourself and everything. And and I, that that definitely imprinted on me. Keep your feet on the ground. What street in Verdun? Beatty. Beatty and Burling. Oh, Beatty. Buzz oh. Burling. Beatty. Buzz Burling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, for you tell yeah. for, People who don't know. Well, Buzz Burling was, I don't know the his exact story. I just know he was yeah. a World War II fighter yep. ace. And a hero. From Verdun yep. and a World War, yeah, a hero. Yep. I think he may have been, I believe he was Canada's highest scoring <laughs> fighter pilot yep. in World War II. I've lived in Montreal for 37 years, and I don't know what Goose Village is. Goose Village is what became Griffintown. Yeah? And Goose. Well, a small, a small, a small section. like four square blocks. But I remember my parents telling me that if you, if you were... In Verdun was one thing. Mm. If you were from the point, mm. that was another level of tough. Mm. If you were level, if you were in Griffintown, that was another level of tough and Scrabble. And if you were from Goose Village, yeah, you were hard Scrabble yeah. and had to fight your way out of there. Yeah, and now it's just all condominiums. Yeah, Jesus um, right. Where's yeah. the bucket of blood? Uh, the Olympic Tavern that moved. Uh, I think it's on. So it's no longer. Wellington was it now. ever called the Bucket of Blood, or was that its nickname? The Olympic nickname? Tavern was yeah. the Bucket of Blood. Yeah, that was that, that was his nickname. It was I a think nickname. The, the okay. Capri moved from. Uh, oh, okay. St. Patrick to Wellington. The, bu- the Bucket of Blood closed. I don't know how. It's funny that you know all these names. Like, uh, well, I'm an AA. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why. That's, yeah. that's a nice segue. Yeah, led me to Serenity. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they had great names of uh, all those bars. I remember my dad going to the Fiesta. Yeah. And the Palomino and the Dew Drop In, but not I. I thought it was spelled D E W, like a drop of dew. Yeah, yeah. D O. Yeah. Dew yeah. Drop In. And I was like, yeah. oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Dew Drop In. Dew yeah. Drop In and bring your paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But great, great name, great bar name. It's but. interesting to me because when I was a kid, 
I thought I, we were on, I was born on Moffat, raised on, uh, and, and we went moved from Moffat to Osborne. And Beatty mm. was where the member of parliament, whose name escapes me, uh, he lived on Beatty. So I just assume all the big shots lived on Beatty. <laughs> you know what? I drive, I drive by it uh, now and again just to sort of get that. I know there's a feeling that I have when I when I go through those streets that I that I that I came up yeah from you know because yeah. you yeah. know you you're, you're in your little circles like whether yes, you're sir. you know Hudson or yeah. the West Island or LaSalle you tend to stay in your just bubble stay there and yeah. I and I drive by and it's you know there it's a beautiful beautiful place and there's beautiful homes there and mm-hmm. it was just a it was just a yeah. it was just a rough neighborhood yeah. You know, but it, don't you find Shane? It imprints you in some way because I, For I sure. feel that. Yeah, I, I remember I was I was like uh, not a not a mama's boy, but I guess a bit of you know sissy. But after you get clocked in the face a couple of times, like at least I know what that is. Now when I see people talk to other people disrespectfully, I can say honestly say that person's never been fucking punched in the face really hard, <laughs> right? The I, guys just I just see guys chirping and other yeah. guys, and I'm like, yeah. wow, like I remember. I wanted to, I was uh, Peretz, you know, the sippy sack? Sure, yeah, yep. so yeah, I, yeah. I had a big one. Yeah. And this kid said, uh, I was about 15 and I was, I remember I was 10. And he goes, give me your, uh, give me your sip sack. I said, fuck you, I'm going to give myself. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Boom! Right in the nose. And I gave my sippy sack. But I turned around and maybe if I said, listen, excuse me, sir, yeah. I worked very hard for my paper route. That I wouldn't get jacked in the face like that, yeah. but you know, made me yep. a politer guy. By the way, I don't um, know. I respect that. Politer you said, is that a, is that a word? Yeah. Can you edit that yeah. out? Beside and no, I'm a I respect. Guy. I respect that you said "fuck you" to the guy. Yes. I think that's worth being popped. Yeah, in the nose. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But were you all, look at the size of the arms on this? I know. Guy. Yeah, you, no one's going to be. I don't, uh, I don't want you. To no, I'm, no one's trying to take your sippy sack these days. Were you always a big big kid? No, I um, I was just average sized, and that sounds weird. I I gained like maybe. 20 pounds 25 pounds between the ages of 17 and 18 yeah and it just and, and luckily because i was a sissy at 17 yeah and then um yeah i had Nobody traps and they were like my new toy uh <laughs> no it, it, yeah just it, came, it took came your on sippy sack no one took my sippy sack yeah. yeah but uh no i was i was it was weird i was like a nerdy i mean i played sports but i was nearly like, like little snakes and stuff like that and yeah I had my guitar yeah, yeah do you um is the the your mastery of the blues connected in any way to your upbringing? Do you think? I mean, it's hard to drop parallels because those the people who came up with yeah that art I've, form it's it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a it's, it's, it's a whole yeah, different thing and yeah. it's but I I listening to it there's the the musical impact it had on me when 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 you first hear those yes this type of thing for me anyways you know you're like. type of thing yeah as a moves young as you. a young kid that moved me didn't really you don't really understand the words about you right. know you're 14 years old yeah you don't really know what it's like when a woman leaves you you know the guy's singing about it you right. believe him but as i got older i think it it resonated more with me so it's just a very true art form i guess yeah and obviously it becomes you know there's a lot of tropes and cliches and you hear some modern blues and you're like oh the guy's just writing it to right get on spotify or Right, from what I don't know, whatever, but um, it's always been a very big part of what I, I, my musical stylings, you know, started with the blues and then morphed into R&B and funk and, and reggae. So, so you were attracted to the blues right out of the gate? Muddy Waters, yeah. Yeah, at what age? 
15. How do you get the blues when you're 15? I don't know. Yeah, I got them, I get them old Verdun blues again, baby. I get them old sippy sack blues, baby. I got the sippy sack blues. A friend of mine who's a big blues fan down in New Brunswick, he likes to say, uh, if you don't like the blues, you're just too damn happy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Well, like country music, so right? When, yeah, when you, exactly. When you, got, when you got the guitar, Shane, and you started to you know pick up the guitar and fool around with it, mm. were you also like buying records and listening to your music? And, and who were you listening to at the time? Yeah, buying tapes. I remember I went over to my friend's house, and uh, he said, my mother's got this record of this guy who plays Upside Down. And I said, Upside Down? So we went over, and he, and he pulls it out, and it was like, I was into, at that point, I was into Chuck Berry and... Muddy Waters I'd heard on the radio, like a Rolling Stone. You know? Yeah. People call me a Rolling Stone. I'm just a man with a home. Anyway, so he gets back. It's, you know, quintessential. The mom is, uh, you know, doing whatever, out that night working. She had, a, she had a job and get there and pulls out the vinyl. He puts it out looking at the, the thing. And I'm like, that guy's playing his guitar the wrong way. So then he puts on a Purple Haze, Are You Experienced, you know, Jimi Hendrix. And that was, that was, you know, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, and that was the next sort of thing that really got me going. You know? Hendrix played the guitar upside down? Well, he played yeah. he played right-handed models, left-handed. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I strung, thought you were, but strung right for him. Right? I thought you were going to say Jeff Healy. That's where I thought that was going. <laughs> Jeff Healy was my first concert. I was 15. Yeah? I saw him at the Spectrum. He was 24. Wow. wow. And talk about talk about a talent. And a, and a great jazz trumpeter, which I didn't know. I only found out. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think it's the Kings of Rhythm, Jeff Healy, Kings of Rhythm. So the, the the Hendrix thing really flipped my wig, and I was just like, man, it's it's just, you know. So it's, it's, it's that, like, as you guys probably yeah. have music when you're a teenager that, yeah. you, that you listen to and, and when you hear those songs. Yeah, well, I was listening to Hendrix when I was a teenager, yeah. which was probably right? 30 years before you were a teenager or 20 years or whatever. Yeah. But imagine Maybelline, 1955, yeah. and they released... Are you experienced in sixty seven? That's twelve years. Yeah. Between you know, why can't you be chewing? <laughs> give, me some, give me some brown acid. Give me some brown acid and some blue nun wine and let the good times roll, baby. You know? So when But he was from another planet, right? Uh, yeah, I agree with so, that. But when you hear that do you immediately go home and try to uh, try to uh, emulate or imitate that? Somewhat, but I mean, he was really like a, 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 you know, Miles Davis wanted to record with him be right before he passed away. Yeah. He said, "Oh, we should do something." That yeah, did, whatever. Hendrix was really sort of like a, a another yeah. another example. Like Purple Haze, everyone yeah. thinks it's right, but he is. It's this, right? right. You hear that? Yeah, like, yeah. That's a yeah. fucked up thing to play yeah. at the beginning of the song. Like, it's yeah, almost yeah. a little off key. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's what's called a tritone. Yeah. But here, right, right. But this, <laughs> you're like, you must be pretty high. Someone's like, yo, I got this, baby. Check this out. Hey, that sounds good. Hey, fuck it, we'll put on the record, and then. Yeah. Wow. So you're like, so when you're 15. That's yeah, it's turning you on, but my brain and my my my, my musical brain didn't really make the the connection. It was more trying to just just be in awe of listening to the record. Because so, sometimes I would imagine you would hear that and go, uh, "I I give up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that." <laughs> yeah, but you and 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 learning an instrument, well, I think, is really great. Yep. Learning an instrument, it really um, really changed my life. As, yeah. as as my cousin gave me that gift, and it was up to me. But whatever. But like Liola and 
you know, meeting guys and, and, and how many, the brotherhood of the guitar, right. you know what I mean? Like, uh, just so many guys came so out of there. How, how did you, how did you learn it? Like what I want to know about guitar playing. Can, can I pick this sure, up? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So this is TD, this, TD in the house yeah. with the Gretsch, baby. Okay. This, I'm doing this to make a point. Yeah. Right. Because if you're watching this on video, you saw Shane pick up the guitar mm. and it's like a part of his body. Right, and in grade six, mm -hmm. somebody showed me. Hey, <laughs> and those chords That's in my hands are a fucking disaster. Do it again, one more time. Okay, so. Whoops. Oh, getting fancy now. Yeah. So what that person showed you was basically the key to rock and roll. Right. Uh, uh, sorry, finish what were you going to say? Well, it's, so, it's, so it's G, C, D, A minor, E, e minor, e yeah. minor. Yeah. So you, you can play some stuff around the campfire with that. You play everything with that. Can you? Anything, yeah. But there's a difference between what I just tried to do, and obviously I don't play and I don't practice, but I can hear your ear. Like mm. I, I'm witnessing your ear. Like I said to you, you said, how does, the, this was before we started recording, how does the theme to Bonanza go? And Ted and I went, and you went, and that's it. Do you, uh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time expressing my question. Is it, do you see it or do you just, do the fingers just know where to go now? Yeah. You know what I they mean? They do, yeah. They do. So if if I say, da-da, you could find that on the fret. Yeah. And it depends how naturally talented you are. There and are some people with perfect pitch, right. you could go, da-da. Right. It's like, it's like showing, it's like. It's me going, what color is that? Okay. They have that in their head. That Because you talk about perfect pitch. Right. So you go, da-da, like, and I don't have perfect pitch. I have, like, relative pitch. But right. they would know exactly what note. I would have to to, 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 to screw around and find it. But Mr. Murray, who showed me those chords, no. he can show me those chords. And if I practice, I guess I could play House of the Rising Sun or something. Mm -hmm. But I'll never be able to do that because I don't have what's in there, what you have. Would you agree with that? You have to have the the will and the intent to do yeah, it. Yeah, but don't you? You know, it's but like music is like you, you can you can enjoy music, right? Yeah, you, you turn it on and you say, okay, this is my, right? You know, it it resonates within me. It makes me feel good. Right, music makes me feel good as a listener, but also you have that, you know, extra thing that makes you right keep going back to it's the instrument. Like, Whether it's um you know uh, somebody like Prince, right can literally play anything and i thought it was a joke i went to his last concert in montreal and i'm like ah, oh, he's just him and his piano like how good could he be on piano right yeah. like right. okay you know it's it's in the bio plays 24 instruments and you're like okay, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> and i love prince you know a little pencil thing and the high heels yeah. i think it's awesome <laughs> you bad motherfucker you know so yeah. i when we showed up and he he and he started playing and and uh his father was a jazz piano player and didn't let him play and he was just you could just see the uh, commitment to the instrument, 
right? Or or music in his case. But for me, it was just it was really the guitar was just a constant in my life. I don't because know. my theory is no one taught Guy Lafleur how to skate. People helped him polish that, but that was in there, and that's what I think you have. I think whatever dust gets sprinkled into amazing musicians it got sprinkled into you you polished it you worked yeah, at it but i would say i, I just read something about uh gila for me rest in peace um that that he worked on those skills like he would, sure he would he's in you're you're i think that's where the where you start to yeah the you, work don't, you don't just go out and do it yeah no no no, no, no like no, he's no. by himself in thir- <clears throat> Is it Terso or Thurso? Thurso, yeah. yeah. It's not Terso? Well, well, it's probably pronounced Terso, like but it's that, spelled, it's yeah. Terso. Yeah. Terso. <laughs> but yeah. he's out yeah. on the rink by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus yeah. 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Like, okay, do the slap shot, do the yeah. slap. Do, you know, well, any, anybody who takes sure. it to that. Gretzky, company. too. Walter Gretzky yeah, yeah. built that backyard rink, and yeah, Wayne yeah. lived there. Do you read music, Shane? I can, but it would be very, like, if you wrote dog, okay. uh, I would be like, Okay, that's a D. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The it's, reason it's I not. ask is my father was a classically trained musician. He studied at the York Conservatory in Toronto, played piano, played trombone. My brother picked up the bass guitar just on his own, and my father was forever riding him to learn how to read music. Learn how to read music. Yeah. Learn how to read music. But you could see that my brother had what Terry just described, and I think, I think there's a genetic component with musicians as well. Uh, my brother had that natural ability that my father had, but my father took it to another level by, by, uh, studying. And that's a whole other discipline like that is very regimented academic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no, and if you don't continue to use it, it gets very. Yeah. Well, he didn't end up doing it for a living. I think he took two years in Toronto and he went and he he realized that, that the best he was ever going to do was become a a music teacher in a high school. And he went, well, fuck this and came back to New Brunswick and became an engineer. I, I I wish, I wish I could find the right example. I'm, I'm having trouble finding the right, the right metaphor, you know, like I, you know, I, I refereed hockey for 30 years and I got to a certain level and, and, you know, was kind of good at it. And I, I just know when the puck is offside. Mm. I don't have to. I don't have to be studying and judging. I just. I refereed so many hockey games. I just knew, like you knew it when you saw it. And to me, for Eddie Van Halen to come up with eruption, that's something you're not going plank, plong, pling, plang. <laughs> you're just you're no. picking up the guitar and it but spills out of you. Classically trained pianist, right? Okay, musical family. Great point brother was music unlike and like shedding like mozart right if i'm if i'm not mistaken from right. you know i've read quite a bit of you know interviews and all that stuff with eddie van halen also a freak yeah. like arguably like if you look in 20th century guitar players i mean yeah. les paul uh chuck berry we're talking straight guitar uh jimmy hendrix in the 70s obviously jimmy page jeff beck all that stuff but i'm talking like that that would like it spawned how many guitar players did Eddie Van Halen yeah. spawn? Let me tell you, a fucking shitload. Yeah. And then you would say pure guitar slinging Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, in the 80s for right. the, 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 the new blue, blues resurgence, what we say, for 20th century guitar players. Like Eddie Van Halen's, like if you go back and watch him play, like just him picking up the guitar, it's like watching, you know, yeah, flirt, take a slap shot. Yeah, like oh, yeah. okay, that's that's the difference. You know, yeah, yeah. You ever I, see yeah. somebody like hit a golf good like yeah. I'm a terrible golfer, but yeah, me too. a buddy of mine's a good, yeah. like a really good yeah. golfer with the driving range, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, 
Ching! And the balls went, fuck. I'm like, oh, yeah, cocksucker. Sorry, I didn't mean to say cocksucker. Yeah, I said I'm it sorry. last time. It's uh, no, somebody else's did. turn. You said the yeah. CS word? Yeah. My mom's going to listen to the box. I wish she didn't say the P. Why did you yeah. say all that stuff about her done? I wish she didn't say the CS word and Just everything. Just tell her it's a podcast, and that's the way it goes on podcasts. I got a feeling. don't have to curse people say bad things about you. We're going to be here for quite some time, so yep. we must uh, take a break. Uh, we're with uh, Shane Murphy, and uh, I want to uh, take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, our friends at Matla Bonheur. Um, if you're looking for a better night's sleep, that's what they do. They are masters at uh, at sleep and sleep technology and helping you get a better night's sleep. It's a family-run business that started years ago in a small old store that, by the way, is still there on Gwen Boulevard in St. Genevieve. That's where it all started. A uh, small store that they rented, a pickup truck with mattresses in the back. These guys are passionate about a better night's sleep and grew the business to where it is today. A Quebec-owned, Quebec-run, family-run, family-owned business where you're going to find a better night's sleep, I promise you. And great treatment and great people. Uh, Ted and I say this all the time. We love family-run businesses. And because you're listening to the podcast, there's a promo called Tear 5 and TED05, T-E-R-O-5, T-E-D-O-5, online, in-store, mention it, get 5% off. Doesn't matter uh, what you're buying. If it's on sale or it's uh, regular priced, um, they will honor that promo code. Before you do anything about a better night's sleep, make sure you go visit the folks at Matelau Bonheur. Uh, they've got 18 locations in and around the greater Montreal area, and you can visit them online at matelaubonheur.ca. You mentioned Van Halen and Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck and Jimi Hendrix. Does that caliber of guitar player exist today? Because off the top of my head, I can't. Who are the great guitar players today? So many, really, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it is just like uh, um, how hockey is today compared to, let's say, guys from the fifties and sixties in terms of the speed at which the game is played. You know, the equipment, everything else. They're just you have YouTube, which is a great resource, and guys are freaks. So yeah, I would say you know. Who, I, but why it's, don't it's, I know who they are? Because is it because I'm old and I'm not paying attention no, to uh, what's on the cutting edge? No, it's because because of the um, a blessing and curse, the immediate access to anything and everything in people's attention spans. Like playing live for me, I played live for over 30 years. started playing 32 years ago, live in bars. And with this, the, the, the smartphone, the iPhone, it completely changed the uh, landscape for me. People have no attention spans. People don't have to be, uh, people don't have to work on a craft. Now I'm going to sound like this, but I can write it. My craft. Um, with the TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebook, is that people are, they're their own rock stars. They're their own celebrity. And the reason I play guitar in public and make music for people is, yes, I love music, but I also like being watched and having that interaction, that exchange exchange of energy to answer your question is, now it's, it's you really have to go looking for There's. for those guitar players. A guy named Blake Mills, Freak. Derek Trucks, who I had the I know Derek Trucks, okay, yeah. So I, He's, I open for He him. finger picks, eh? He doesn't use a pick, does he, no, or does he? He just uses fingers, yeah. and, and he plays slide, and, and uh, I had the opportunity to open for him to this Trucks. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. That's a plum yeah. gig, boy. Yeah, it's not super fun, though. 
You know, I, well, like, well, you want to go spar, you know, you want to spar uh, Mike Tyson. You're like, okay, I'll do it. But yeah, but I to think, fuck, man, here, I'm open. Yeah, I'm opening for Derek Trucks. That's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had the opportunity to, you know, open for Buddy Guy, Derek Trucks, wow. Jesus you know, a couple Christ. of guys and, yeah. and, and, you know, had a, had a drink with Buddy, you know, he's coffee and how are you, sir? And very, you know, nice slacks and a nice shirt and yeah. just a quiet word and not the same guy he was on stage at Metropolis, open for John Mayo, stuff like that, really, and really good guitar players in his band. And there are guys like that, but you have to, you have to go see, and then there's so many, you know, the population and everything. It's yeah. just, there's so Did many you guys. have a conversation with Buddy Guy about guitar? Uh, no. Yeah, no. I just kept my mouth shut, and yeah. I, I, we were standing beside one another, yeah. and he had Johnny Lang come in as a guest. Oh, wow. Oh, there's and another so one, Johnny Lang. I've forgotten about is, him, yeah. He's a, a, a fantastic talent, super nice guy, but you're standing beside... Buddy guy, right? right? Like it's buddy fucking right. guy. Yeah. And I'm sitting like this and I'm just saying to myself, be cool, man, be cool. <laughs> and you're just doing the side eye. You're looking like this. Did I make too much eye contact? Am I annoying him? Because he's on the road. Yeah. 80 something years old. Yeah. There's a guy opening for him in every town who's like, holy shit, this is buddy guy. So I said, hey, Mr. Guy, how are you? Nice, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, great, great job. That whatever. Yeah. Said. Right. And I don't know if he probably did see it, except, but did a great job. I said, okay. And, and that was it. We just sipped, you know, walked. And I, I, had a, I had a Jameson on the rocks. He had a cup of coffee and just watched Johnny. And he went back out. And I was just sitting there going, man, this is like, you know, you're in heaven, right? Because yeah. you just, you never, you, that's a memory that I'll have forever. So I just saw Chris Stapleton. He's a hell of a guitar player, too. Yeah. He's yeah. a freak. He's yeah. like one of those guys. Yeah. He's, he's, Vocally. He, yeah. Vocally. A great guitar player. But, vocally, but he's a vocally, real freak. He is. Yeah. You know, uh, an exceptional yeah talent, and people. Whenever I'm playing bars, people are like, "Can you do a Tennessee whiskey?" I'm like, "No, I can't." Well, why can't you? I'm like, "Cause it's fucking Chris Stapleton." They're like, "Well, just sing it." It's like, "Well, I can't just fucking sing it." Yeah. Well, just try. Yeah, if you if and I'm like, if you're wondering what he's talking, what Shane's talking about after the podcast, go listen to Tennessee whiskey. Is Tennessee whiskey a Chris Stapleton song, or is that an old standard That's that he an old does? George Jones song. Okay, I because I know that Cav- the Cadillac Three do a version of that as well. Cadillac Three, and the yeah, ten- and the Tennessee Two. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? Um, yeah. No, uh, George George Jones. I know the George Jones version, which musically is not like the Chris Stapleton yeah. version. It's like the music. I'm not sh- I don't know for sure, but it's like he took the music from "I'd Rather Go Blind" mm-hmm. and a James. Yeah. And then put the Tennessee uh, whiskey lyrics on top of it. Yeah. Anyways, he just he, he's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. What people if, say I'm I'm playing in a bar. You know, people come up to me. Can you play any Queen? <laughs> I'm like, bro. And I don't like to use the word bro, but it's very, yeah, very. It's very cathartic to bro. <laughs> I'm like, you just been listening to me for half an hour. You know, I yeah. can't fucking sing like Freddie Mercury. So, well, just try. But people are very like, you know, encouraging. It's like it's yeah. gonna be a dog's breakfast. Yeah. Don't ask me. <laughs> And you don't realize how, because you hear these songs all the time, you don't really realize how talented they yes. are, you know? So I watched, yeah. uh, was it Live at Wembley? Was it Live Aid? Yeah. Queen? Yeah. In 1985? Yeah. I think yeah. The le- yeah. The, it's now legendary, Man. that thing. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. And I was like, not a Queen fan when I was a kid, you know, because yeah. it was like a bit too operatic, you yeah. know? I guess I yeah. wanted more gut bucket stuff. But then as I got older, I was like, these guys are really good. And Brian May is literally a rocket scientist. Yeah. He's got his PhD in astrophysics. No fucking big deal. <laughs> Show off. Whatever. <laughs> Built his own guitar with his old man in the woodshed. I'm playing video lotteries at uh, Heller's. Anyways. Actually, you just triggered another memory when you said Brian May. I do know of another uh, great uh, 
a contemporary guitarist whose name I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I saw Brian May play on one of his songs that was covered by those guys from uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> you know who I mean. The guy with the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking. I'll, I'll okay, look it well, up. Think, you, got, listen, you guys chit chat. Think I'll look about it up. that and yep. find it because I, I want to. You brought up social media, Shane, and and I'm wondering, do you think it's having an effect? Because there's a difference between two kids dancing on TikTok and a guy who's studied blues and been playing at live venues for 30 years. There's a difference. Well, I mean, how many years? In broadcasting, do you guys have combined? Would you say, yeah, sixty, right. like yeah. seventy? Right. I mean, eighty plus. You're talking, 80, yeah. you're talking thousands and right. thousands of hours, hours of reps. Yeah. Now, not don't mean it's in a bad way. How many ding dongs can go and just start their own podcast? Anybody can. Yeah. So is it cool? Yeah, but yeah. not really. Is it helping? So no. Um, no, I think it's. I think at first it was cool, but I think things spun out of control very quickly for me for social media. Like I'll right. go on if I promote my shows. There's it's it's you know it's horse and wagon versus the automobile. I can't go back. I have to put post things on my Instagram, right. or whatever. But I think it's an unhealthy. I think it's you a do. pretty. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think we're a pretty globally a pretty unhealthy fucking species. I would say yeah, mm-hmm. like. You just go on it and you dance around, you use someone else's music, you shake your ass, whatever. And of course, you know, people watching this who are into that, they'll probably roll their eyes and go, whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, but do something at least. Learn a craft, a, a, a craft, some artistry to it. If you, I want to see you shake your ass, then whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a pretty unhealthy thing and I don't, I don't think it's good. Have I discovered great things because of Facebook and Instagram and social media and YouTube and that I would never have discovered right 100% but it's i think it's too it's well it's too, the it's best i'd like to say it's the best and the worst of everything yep. the kenny wayne shepherd yep kenny wayne shepherd does a song called blue on black are you familiar with that song i'm not familiar i'm familiar with him anyway uh five finger death punch at the middle metal they, band? yeah they do a version of blue <laughs> on black hand. it's a great song it's a great song you can just seem like this <laughs> hey, I got, I got the yeah, most overused name word in college. Ear. Ear. Hey, I got, I got a name for the band. <laughs> and it was this. What is it? Five finger death punch. Yeah. And they're like, bro, that's the fucking name. Five finger death punch. They do a version of this Kenny Wayne Shepherd song, "Blue on Black," which is a, an all, a, an out and out blues song. And Kenny Wayne Shepherd does a guitar solo on it, and Brian May does a guitar solo on it. It's, okay. it's well, quite the menagerie. I'm going to send you the link. Yeah, okay. I think you'll like it. Yeah. So get, here's a, a question I, I've always wanted to ask guitar players. I've been in studios. When I was in my 20s, I was lucky enough to be on the road with a couple of Canadian bands. So I got to look at the inside of the business. And I've been in studios when they were putting their records together. Who'd you go on the road with? Um, there were a long time uh, old Canadian bands you probably haven't heard of. There's a band called Streetheart okay. and another band called the Queen City Kids. And I toured the country with them and you know learned about the rock and roll life and being on the road and all of that. It was a lot of fun. And it okay. was a 
quite the eye opener. <laughs> and when we were in the studio, I got to see, you know, uh, the studios can be, you know, great and fun, and they can also be very boring. You know, when you're doing drum sounds for 12 hours, that's not snare. a great... Snare. Yeah, Springsteen. Yeah. Snare. <laughs> Flack. Snare. Flack. Fuck Bruce. Flack. Snare. Max, Flack. hit the snare again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like that. It's, it's weird. It's like that. But then when it comes time for the guitar player to step in and fill in the solo, mm. what's the... Is there a thought process, or is it, again, is it the ears and the eyes closed, and you hear it, and it spills off the neck? Both ends of the spectrum. Really? There are guys who are very studious, and they'll write everything out, or they'll, they'll work on a solo, record it, record it, you know, whether whatever device they use, get in the studio, okay? You know? Yeah. Bruce Dickinson wearing gold diapers. Cut the solo, you do it, and that's it. <laughs> Hey, you got a fever. <laughs> Queen City, Queen City, what? Queen City, Queen Queen City Kids. Queen City yeah. Kids, they were called. Yeah, and, and, see, you don't want to miss a manager this band, see? <laughs> I need the ball of hash, and I need it right now, see? <laughs> Whoops. I dropped my thing. Mm. Um, is, there, uh, is there an aspect of the road that you love? Do you enjoy, like, yeah. when you have to get on the road, pack yeah. her up, I and mean, get out? I've done some fucked up tours, though. Like, yeah. you, like literally, like... 39 years old sleeping on the floor it's like you wake up and you're like oh, <laughs> oh maybe rock and roll's a vicious game for sure i mean yeah it depends on the conditions but to get out and to play music for yeah you know montreal i've i i'm 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 happy for the continued support but i realize it's like i played montreal a lot yeah in weddings bar mitzvahs Every, you know, dive bars, nice bars, Ritz-Carlton, Oceaga. You've played some big crowds, though, haven't you, Shane? You yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's the biggest crowd you ever played for? Probably, I would say... Was it Jazz Fest? Jazz Fest, yeah. I think, for my, for my own show. It was yeah. an outdoor show. I think there was like five, 6,000 people came to that show. So yeah. that's pretty fun. That's a lot of folks. I mean, Oceaga, that was... that yep. was that was You could play basketball, 515, on the stage. Yeah. Like, it's fucking big. Like, when <laughs> yeah. I... Not that I... You know, I get kind of stage fright. A little bit, yeah. not bad, but that day when you walk out and it's like, it's the 500 series, I don't know what, what stage it is, and it's like, I need more, can I get more <laughs> voice in my monitor? Like, the guy is over there. Yeah. And my drummer at the time, we're the first act on the main stage, and he goes, uh, because I forgot my throne, which is the seat that the drummer sits on. Right. I said, don't you, we were playing, uh, playing Hurley's that weekend, so... I didn't give a fuck. I needed the money. So I'm like, Hurley's, Oceaga, Hurley's. <laughs> I don't care. A gig's a gig, babe. And uh, so we're sound checking at, at 1130, and it's a line check, which means you don't get up there and dick around. You're like, check, check. We're okay. Yeah. That's, you know, next. Whatever. Yeah. So he goes, um, he goes, my my throne is at uh, at my house. I said, well, you got the throne at Hurley's. Just grab it on your way. And we're coming from St. Leonard. Drive down. Grab it. Uh, park drop, drop up. He goes, yeah, yeah, hangs up. He goes back to St. Leonard instead of picking up the throne at Hurley's. Now, all of a sudden, the Metropolitan being what it is, yeah. jam-packed, he calls me. Now, we're supposed to sound check at 1130. Jesus. He's nowhere to be found. I go, I call him. He goes, I'm in traffic. I said, why are you in traffic? He said, I go back home. I had to go back home to get the throne. I said, I, said, I told you to go to Hurley's and pick up that throne. He goes, yeah, but I don't really like that throne. I said, yeah, but now you're stuck in traffic. Jesus. And I'm like, oh, God. And it's like, 
it's not the NDG Legion I'm playing. It's fucking, oh, shit, I got yeah. it. You know what I mean? Capital O. It's like, yeah. it's the real deal. Like, I need more bass in the matter. <laughs> I, I lost my hash in the thing. Can you get me another ball, please? Anyways, I'm ready to sound check. Drummer's not there. I turn around. I see a guy's working on the crew. I'm like, hey, bro, do you know anybody who plays drums? Main stage, Oshiaga. He goes, my buddy, my buddy Mike is a drummer. I turn around, this kid's wearing nothing but shorts, and he's covered in tattoos. And he's looking at me, I'm like, <laughs> I look at him, I go, I go, punk rocker? He goes, yeah. I go, you want to, uh, you want to sound check with me? He goes, Okay, and he's like lifting road cases. Yeah, and he had in, in Mike Nero. He played a played in a band called um, Trigger Effect, and toured all over. And this was a like a but a punk drummer, like fucking right. tat, tattoos, like yep. in it to win it for real, right? So I'm sitting there. I'm like, listen, Mike. I don't mean this in a bad way, but you might have to play half an hour with me, Oshiaga. And the kid is like, I came to list flight cases. I don't deal with this. I'm like a punk rocker. I'm like, hey, bro, listen. Uh, my back's against the wall here. And he, so he gets up and he sound checks with me. And I'm like, can you go like this? Boom, boom, that, boom, 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 boom. And he goes, yeah. I'm like, just do that. And I was planning a medley in my head. Oh, man, I got I got stories. I oh, got my stories. God. I, one time we're playing a Wait guy. a minute. What happened? Well, thank God. I said, I don't want to. My mom says, if you don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> Anyways, Mike was very nice. Yes. Drummer made it at like we were on at 12. Okay. Drummer showed up at yeah. 11.57. Didn't last long after that. Because it, it's like a, having a drummer that you don't know behind you. The worst. That, the worst. That's got to be like, you know, having a stranger yeah. at the party. So when, right? you, when you have a team that you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you guys vibe and yeah. it's a team. Like yes. you're, you're used to that. Yes. Like that's a lucky thing. Yeah. Because when you're not, when you don't have yeah. that yeah. on a bandstand. It's, it's like when somebody up. says that band is tight. That's yeah. what that means. Yeah, like you're right. you're, you're, you're you're a unit. Yeah, like you're finishing each other's sentences. Yeah. You're just vibing. The podcast is flowing. Like you have that that synergy, and it's the best thing. Yeah. And when it's not, it's, it's fucking shit. Pardon my language, <laughs> cocksuckers. Sorry. <laughs> you may have to say that part about the drummer, <laughs> mom. I'm just being honest. Yeah, but I don't know if they're gonna like that part. Well, about I don't Ferdinand. think you said anything about it. The, no. the kid sounded like he was game to try and pitch in. Oh man. But at, it's, it's we're at the bar. Coke dealer comes in. My guy goes, I gotta just got to go outside because I got to let my friend some golf clubs. I don't know what the fuck he said. I said, like, hey, man, I was born at night, not last night. Yeah. I know who you got. I know who the fuck you're going to see. Yep. Now all the curse words are coming out. Why you didn't tell me that the drummer had a coke? Now both of our moms are going to be mad, Shane. Yeah. Guy shows up. Next thing you know. Want to play another song? Want to play another song? No, this is the best. This is the best. Cocaine's never been my thing. Honestly, God, I don't judge, but I like it when I have friends who can do it well. You know what I mean? You go to the bathroom and you don't look like it. You go back. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, okay. Oh, lead, lead, lead. Everything's, oh, you notice that everything's got a bit of a hump to it today. This is uh, Shane Murphy. He's Sorry. our special guest, and it's uh, time to thank another one of our sponsors, Ted. Shane, did you know that we have an engineering firm who is sponsoring uh, the podcast? I did not know that, Ted. We do, yes. As a matter of fact, that's because that's how highfalutin we've become. We have yes. an engineering firm. We're also... Uh, 
looking at possibly getting some architects and the medical supply companies yes. as sponsors. No, that's not true, but we do have an engineering firm called Voswin. We were approached by Sean Smith, who is the founder and president of Voswin, and said, I want to advertise on your podcast. And we were like, what? You're an engineering firm. We're a podcast, and sometimes we say cocksucker. You sure you want to be on there? How are we going to get that cocksucking bridge up there? I don't know. Call it cocksucking. Look at these cocksucking plans. Who wrote these? But he's convinced that uh, that it's going to help business. And you know what? We sent him one of the commercials that we've done in a previous episode, and he posted on LinkedIn, we are truly honored and privileged to sponsor the podcast Standing By, hosted by two radio legends in Montreal, Terry DeMonte and Ted Bird. Thanks, guys, for having us as a sponsor and for taking the time to learn about a bunch of about what a bunch of engineers and mad scientists do day to day. Isn't that nice? I thought that was very nice. And as we uh, have said in each of the podcasts, They'll take an idea out of your head and help you put it in your hands. Engineering and engineering consultant, electrical, mechanical, industrial engineering, software development. If you have an idea for an invention or an innovation or an existing product or service that could be enhanced with engineering technology, go to Voswin. They'll help you out. Voswin.com. Thank you, Sean. Shane, have you got an album that's a go-to? Have you got an album that you bought when you were a kid that you just, you're on your fourth or fifth copy or an album that just means the world to you in terms of guitar players or otherwise? Very underrated guitar player, Keith Richards. Hmm, Interesting, yeah. Not flashy. Yep. But if you go back, Rolling Stones, I would have to say, for bands is my favorite band of all time. So to answer your question, I think Sticky Fingers. Sticky fingers. It's like a quintessent. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, moonlight mile, yeah, sway. Yeah, I mean, well, there's just, so much in people. That's only ten song thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people forget the the uh, the the amount of. I mean, talk about uh, a band influenced by the blues. Yeah, you know, Keith Richards and Charlie Watts and and Jagger to a degree. And Brian Jones was the one. Yeah, that and really Brian Jones. Yeah, of course, brought yeah. that. Uh, to the fore for them but uh yeah no great uh great great album that's my like if i had to like one album yeah yeah there's so much stuff you know there's so much stuff i mean maybe darkness on the edge of town springsteen fan yeah 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 hard not to be (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean yeah he's really been one of he's one of the guys i I guess the two two mainstays for me yeah in in the rock rock and roll realm would be the stones what do you write a lot I have been, yeah. These last, Recent, these last two years, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the I don't know. I don't know how the pandemic was for you guys, but uh, <laughs> um, for me, it was. Uh, uh, that's why I'm happy to be here and to be able to talk about it. Um, it was and my world, like everybody else. It's I, when you say your world changed. It yeah. was like I had X amount of gigs. Yeah. March 2020, things were good, rolling, bands rolling, working. March 12th. Ting, 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 ting. And it's yeah. St. Paddy's Day, yeah. Montreal. Yeah. You know, St. Paddy's Day weekend's coming up. And everybody had it. Um, you know, obviously it was a ter- terrible, terrible thing. And But it was, all, for me, it was, a, it was a blessing as much as a curse, you know. Really? Yeah. I lost everything. Uh, had no dough. You know, was I was a gigging a gigging musician. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm out there grinding it, like I said, you know. Festival, Oceaga, Hurley's, Bar Mitzvah, Wedding. And I'm not exaggerating. Like I, that's uh, for me. My my code was: you're a musician, you play. Yeah, you know, 
yeah, do I want to be a rock star? Sure. Do I want to be an artist? Yeah. But at my core, I wanted to be a musician. You know, yeah. to be able to play. If somebody walked in, somebody heavy walked in and said, oh, that guy put in his time, that put in, guy put in his dues. You know, Bo, Bo Diddley walked in right. and said, okay. And I played Bo Diddley for him. He said, yeah, kid, you got it. You know, yeah. That's what I wanted. And then I just started writing. I had put out an EP in 2016, and I had been writing uh, an album for a long time, and it was kind of stuck in the mud, and it was like 30 songs. Like, it was a triple album concept. Maybe we were hitting the old... <laughs> I think we should add another... Listen, I got a concept for this. Um, and then and then I went up to my uh, my buddy's house in uh, Oromodonte, like near Aurelia, and I recorded a 12-song album called Easy Street, summer 2021. Got back, things are fucked up, da-da-da-da. September, my buddy starts like a project studio in his basement, buys a bunch of stuff. He goes, why don't you come over and just come with Tony Lombardi, who's been my musical partner for like the last 10 years, plays drums and bass with me, and uh, start, you know, doing some stuff. So I just went over and I said, you know what, I'm, I want to do some like gut bucket, like off the floor stuff. So then a blues album came together really quickly called Get Religion, and then... Uh, Called up my old buddy Mitch Melnick, Billy Bob Productions, this, that, whatever. He goes, listen, they got a spot at the Jazz Fest. They didn't book Club Soda July the 9th. I was trying to get a midnight show. If we could just, like, squeeze me in to do a set. Right. So the last Saturday, the Jazz Fest coming up, they gave me Club Soda. So I'm going to launch wow. Get Religion. And So uh, this is going to be the first appearance of Get Religion? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You must be excited. Yeah. And, but, wow. And, and it's been, like I said, to, to really, I... I Every day is precious to me now. You know yeah. what I mean. Like, and yep. every time I get up on stage, it's yep. like it was. It was this, uh, the second wind of all second winds. You know, like, you know, in my forties, and I, I make music. Yep. And make money playing music for people that, like, for me, that's that's uh, special. I'm, yeah, I'm special, and I'm 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 lucky to be able to do that. You know, I did construction during the pandemic, like wow. full on. Yeah. Demolition, digging out basements, steel toe boots. Yep. Which I had done, you know, here and there, but real, not for an extended period of time with guys who really knew what the fuck they were doing. Part real, of the language. Well, real work. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, Ted, it's, Ted, I know how you feel because Ted and I used to say that every morning over the last thirty years. Like, how kind of lucky are we? Yeah. You know, because there are, you know, we were always so grateful for where we were at because we knew there were guys getting up at five thirty. They weren't going to a, a, a studio, a radio studio with donuts. They were going to a job site, yeah. and they had to start with their hands at seven a.m. and they kept going till five. Nothing wrong with that either. An Nothing honest day's work, that. boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I learned. You know, I'm bricklaying, and working yeah. with masons, jackhammered, like all the stuff. Yeah. And I had done, you know, bit. I did landscaping, snow removal, this yeah. and that. Like worked physical jobs, and no problem with that. You know, my dad would work for as a heavy vehicle operator for City Conseil Luke for how long right you know, for 50, 40 years whatever and my dad was a blue collar guy got up every morning steel toe boots yep. i remember coming you know coming home with you know, with the sweat stains yep. and, and all that stuff and i'm very proud of my dad and but it 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 the universe was saying like hey you know if you want to continue to do this like don't like put put some more work in yeah yeah you got the gigs yeah you can play yeah you can do this whatever but get back in it and, and, and do it again. And, and that's what I did. And so the two albums came together very quickly and get religion more so. And it was weird. Like, you know, when you do things, things happen, you know, yeah. and, and Mitch with Billy Bob and all that stuff and the shows that I've been doing with him, he said, Oh, well, whatever club soda, 
and he just said, I'll put the call in, and it was just open, and it's just, it's just weird how it just... It's it's just it's just rolling right now. Mitch has been a great supporter, eh? He, the best. Mitch is a great supporter of local music, loves blues, and I know it's been yeah. specifically a great supporter of yours. Yeah, over the years. Yeah, and uh, it's bizarre. It's I did I did from Easy Street. I buddy of mine that I'd worked with, a guy named Gordy Johnson, Big Sugar. I did some work with him in Austin about twelve years ago at Willie Nelson Studio, and I put a couple of songs out. And he called me up, and he goes, "Do you have any?" Uh, are you working on any songs? So we had this one of the songs finished from Easy Street. So sent it to Gordy. He goes, I so I did a mix. So Gordy does he goes, I'm gonna send it to my man Howie, Howie Weinberg in LA. Now Howie's mastered Nirvana's Nevermind, all these crazy records. I'm right. like, Howie Weinberg, okay, whatever. So so I sent it off to uh and I never had a song played on show before. And that as a kid growing up, you know, it's just big like, deal. It's the rock. Yep. Yeah. So I send it, put the word in, Bilal. I said, hey, man, so I got this song. So yeah, I'm going to kick it upstairs, boom, boom, boom. And then they started playing uh, Painted Toes, and that's been rolling heavy rotation for the last uh, Amazing. two months. Yeah, and now Amazing. I'm, yeah, so it's... Uh, that's very cool. Been very bizarre, yeah. Uh, that's I wanna, great. Good for Laval. Uh, yeah. Good for Laval. Good for Bilal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bilal is from Laval, actually. Is he? Yeah. yeah he and the fellow he's from Chateaugee, but yeah. he's not. <laughs> and a fellow musician. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen for done. Yes. I want to talk more about the music business. But uh, we need to thank another sponsor, Ted. And I think we do, eh? Yeah. Oh, who would you like to thank? Well, I think it's the Merson's turn, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an NDG institution yeah. for you, Shane Murphy. You mm-hmm. must be familiar with Merson Automotive. Not at all. Right down there on St. <laughs> Jacques, just west of Cavendish. You should drop by and see them sometime. I, I yeah. know. I heard great things. I just got a cold sweat there. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh. I never, I, I never, I never had a car nice enough to bring to Merson. Okay. Uh, oh, you always, don't have to have a nice no, car to go to Merson. I take car. my car to Merson, and it's about 12 years old. And I'm glad I take it to them because I know that they will never sell me a product or a service that I don't need. I have never gone into Merson and taken my car and had them take it into the garage. And the garage manager comes out and says, oh, boy, yeah, that's going to run you. You don't get that at Merson. Uh, they tell you if there's something wrong with the car, they'll tell you what it is and how much it'll cost to fix it. But they're not going to—they're uh, not going to take you down the uh, the garden path, as they say. They're just going to do what needs to be done, and they'll tell you if there's something that's going to need to be done down the road. They'll tell you, you know what, those brakes maybe in another ten thousand kilometers, you might want to have a look at them, but not the old. Uh, oh boy, I wouldn't leave with that car in that condition right now. That's not how they operate. And they also will sell you tires. And find the right tire for your car and the right tire for your budget. That's how they got started all those years ago. Their uh, tires are their uh, specialty, but they're a full-service garage. Whatever repairs or maintenance you need, go to Merson Auto. You can see them on Saint-Jacques, just west of Cavendish. You can visit them online at mersonauto.com. Chatting with Shane Murphy, uh, the, the radio business, as we were talking, the radio business, many other businesses have changed over the years. Uh, none more so, I think, than the music business, Shane. So you make a record now, you go into a studio, anybody can do it. And, um, you know, the, the most of the most, I shouldn't say all, but most of the music that comes out these days is uh, that manufactured, you know, if you look at like we were saying, my wife and I were saying all the guests on Saturday Night Live this year, I turned to my wife and I said, who, who, who is this? Missy RV food and foul and you know like and it's all the the manufacture you know uh, studio trick kind of you know 
I, I'm not I'm not doing a very good job uh, explaining it, but it, you know, I wouldn't call it roots rock and roll kind of music world these days. It's a top forty world. So my long winded question is, what do you do now if you want to release an album and get it out to the masses? How do you how do you let people know you've you've put all this blood, sweat, and tears into a new record? You, you got to make sure that you're you're creating the music for the right reason and if you're going into the music industry saying i want to be you know famous and i want this and i want the cars and the fame and all that stuff then then it's a very big mountain to climb and you better be better check all the all the boxes yeah well, it sounds to me like you're going in for the wrong reason to begin with if that's your uh, and but people do do that and that yeah. and that, you know you know people are free to do what they they want i i i've written with people who to me, it seemed like that was, you know, the, the number of Instagram likes and and yeah. And if you if you really say, oh, I'm I want to be, uh, I don't think Elvis wanted to be Elvis. I didn't think Elvis. I think Elvis really, when he sang, for me as a fan, you could really hear like he meant that that stuff. Yep. You know, that's all right, Mama. All that you know, yep. like uh, trying to get to you, Lottie, Miss Claudia. You hear him sing those songs. And all the hits, of course, but you hear him sing those songs. He really had that intention, and yes, he looked like a you know matinee idol, and you know the looks and the shake and all that stuff. But that was for me what he really felt. Now, if if you're if you're faking it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long hard road. Even if you feel it, it could be a, it could be a long hard right. road. Right, it's been a long <laughs> road. Uh, but you, I I I think you just you can't really think about that because things are too. Um, say the word not obscene but things are too skewed everything's too everything's too weird so people go to see you at jazz fest yeah and they go holy shit i love that yeah where do they buy your record well they can stream it on spotify that, okay. like that nice, nice fella in denmark or wherever he is yep. whoever created that app <laughs> yep. um they can i'm getting final done for christmas oh you, you are to, okay yeah. cool so you go shane murphy official.com okay there will be t-shirts is a great thing to to buy if you yep. if you like an artist i will have T-shirts and and actual CDs for people. Not that they'll play the CD, but it's the a actual lot. copy, like a keepsake, and yep. it does make a nice coaster. Yes, once you pull the CD out. A lot of money in so, merch. Yeah, a lot so, of money in merch. Yeah, just doing that, and and um, because it's all it's all just too. I'm not perverse or obscene, but the, the it's just too it's too wacky because you can yep. go into the studio. Yeah, and you can. With with the right producer, go in and not have and not any talent. Yeah, and if you have the money. You know, you have guys like this. Five guys yep. will sit around, write a say, hey, "What do you want to sing about?" Well, yep. my car, uh, my car's yep. a red car. Okay, red car, uh, yep. whatever. And they just they'll, they'll they'll spit it out. And I have a lot of bling. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but but is that the artist's fault, or is that not to get too not no, to get well, too, too, is, too deep, or is that no. was that where where we at as a society? I think that's where we're at as a society, like because I, people don't care know, about your money and this I, and that. I remember when I worked for those bands, we had a little independent company. We had those two artists, Streetheart and Queen City Kids, signed to our little independent record company in Winnipeg. We controlled the creativity and we sold the masters to Capitol Records and to CBS Records. And in those days, CBS Records, Capitol Records, Universal, they had what was called an A&R guy sure. who would go around for, from bar to bar to bar, you know, and here, you know, I saw this band, you got to come and see them. Then the band would have to get signed and then there would be a producer. The record companies were the funnel of the shit. Mm -hmm. So, 
you the know, gate, the gatekeepers, they were right? The gatekeepers, and that was always portrayed in a bad way. But to me, it it kept a lot of the wannabes 100%. and pretend people. Otis out. Redding, Otis Redding. Yes. There's only one Otis Redding. Right? Yes. Now back at at in that era, there were probably ten Otis Reddings, right? right? But Otis Redding was just that much yes. better. So those yeah. nine Otis Reddings that weren't on that level yeah. never got the chance. Yeah. It's shitty, yeah, but, it's that's, shitty. but it's a big bad world out there, and, yeah. but you have Otis Redding. Right. Now you have Otis Redding, who's the real deal, right. and that you have nine Otis Reddings right. who are not the real Otis Redding saying, yeah. well, I don't want to take no, no as an answer. Right. So, I'm going to start my own thing, I'm going right. to do it, and whatever, and now it's, now it's diluted. It's diluted, because they all got their own YouTube channel, and they, you know, as you point out, yeah. you know, even in the radio business now, when you're hired, they want to know how many followers you have and how many yeah. how many how many likes do your posts get, which has nothing to do with broadcasting, and and I think the same is you true. Mean going in, they want to know how many yeah, followers. Yeah, new new talent. Right. You know, if you can find it, um, there was a couple of things about the the radio business. They don't want to pay new talent. Number one, but number two, they're looking for people who can cycle radio into the world of social media. That's not. That's not the art and the magic of that medium, in my opinion. I, yeah, it's I don't, just, you know, it's just I, don't own, I don't own a radio station, but I think they're 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 chasing the wrong thing. Well, starting at the wrong end, that should be gravy. Yeah, that's the number right. of followers right. you have on social and, media and should be me, gravy yeah, on top to, of whatever you can do as a broadcaster. And to me, when I'm sitting watching Saturday Night Live, and my wife, who's much younger than me, doesn't know who the artist is. I don't know who the artist is. And we watch 35 seconds, and we just think, this is manufactured candy. This isn't, you know, and I sound, I end up sounding like my grandfather. I think to myself, this isn't music. No, but in the early 60s, there was what? <laughs> there was uh, Fabian, and uh, before, yeah. the, before the Beatles hit, there was Fabian. Who was the other guy? Was it Frankie Valli? Frankie Valley was one. You know, like, like the, the, they, they're, they're, Matt, you know, yeah, Neil, not Neil Sedaka per se, but yeah. let's say Neil, you know, the pop stars. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were pop stars. But it's just things are happening in a much yeah. faster clip now. Like yeah. if you ever see a 20 year old, I'm playing in bars, so I'm in my 40s, 48, yeah. 48 years right. old. They pick up the phone. Yeah. And their thumbs are like, like I text at, at a certain rate, right? Yeah. Their 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 brains are wired different. Right. You know, all my friends' kids are all iPads. Well, yeah. we need that. You know what I mean? But they're just and now you're like, well, do I give my kid the iPad or not? Right. Because now if I there's ten kids in the kindergarten class and now my kid's the only kid that doesn't know you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's things are weird. We're yeah. in a weird spot, I think. So, so when you're when you're playing, do you nothing drives me crazier than people who bring iPads to concerts. I want to crack them over the head. Yeah, it's not a nice thing to say, but they're so concerned mm. with getting like a movie of the show, they yeah. miss the show. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's where that that's where their brains are at. I, it's a weird, strange thing. I was at Paul fucking McCartney. Mm. Paul McCartney. Yeah, because people want to put on their social media that they're at the Paul McCartney show. Yeah. They're not listening to the it. They just want their yeah. 100 the friends woman, to go, the, yeah. the, I was at Paul McCartney, exactly where were you? That's exactly what was happening. The woman was, was, was sitting in front of me, was texting while one of the Beatles <laughs> sang a Beatles song. And I wanted to say to her, like, what's wrong with you? 
Like you're missing but it. But she's gonna look at you like, "What's wrong with you?" Too. She's gonna look at you like you're the crazy oh, one. She's gonna be like, yeah, "I was at the Paul McCartney concert and texting. Some well, guy got all irate because I was texting. This guy wasn't even recording it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I get it. You you know I have you know I have I was tell, Ted and I were talking about this on an earlier podcast. I do have a video of me at limo watch waving at Paul McCartney and going, <laughs> "Paul, Paul." Beatles <laughs> fan. Oh, massive, Beatles massive, fan? massive. Oh yeah, of course. Massive, yeah. Ma- Beatles, Beatles. Uh, I got a copy of "She Loves You" when I was five or six years old. It changed my life. <laughs> and, and but it, it I, and I know the 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 genie's out of the bottle, and you can't change it, right? Yeah. There, there was no sense in tapping this woman on the shoulder because that's the world she lives in now. Yeah. She didn't give a shit that, you know, Paul McCartney, who's going to be 80 this month, probably isn't going to tour for much and longer. And they have no idea, you know, the, the, the shape he's in yes. and the level of musician. So I'm not, I was I'm more, always more of a Stones fan. Yeah. I was playing bass yeah. in my cousin's band. Right. It was the Stones. Yeah. We weren't Beatles, we were Stones guys. Right. So gotcha. they're all 30, 35. I'm, yeah. I'm 16. They're like, no, 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 Stones. I mean, yeah. Stones. Yeah. But my buddy's a huge Beatles fan and he'll send me all the all the, you know, the reissues, and he's like, did you watch, what was the documentary? Was it? Yeah, like, Get Back. Uh, yeah. Uh, or Get Back. Peter get Jackson back. thing? Yeah. yeah. yeah so he starts sending me, like, outtakes of McCartney doing uh, Helter Skelter. Yeah. And they're just jamming in the room, and it's yeah. like a nine-minute version. And I don't think people realize, as funny as it sounds, how good of a singer Paul McCartney is. Like, there's, you guys know what autotune is, right? Yes. So you go in, and it just, it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll fix what you, like, there's no autotune no. Right then. There's no, no. There's, it's not digitized. That no. There's, there's, it's, if you make the mistake, you don't yeah. have that synergy, with, and you're not listening to each other, like, the take is fucked. There's and, no, like, oh, I'm going to go back and change it. And this, he can sing. This was the, real. this was the thing that we were talking about this on a previous episode about the film was when I was a kid, I got, I got Abbey Road for like the Christmas of 69, I think. And I remember listening to Abbey Road and thought, oh my God, there must have been so many gizmos and so much equipment and there must have been, you know, all kinds of trickery going on. And you watch the film and it's like a bunch of guys in the studio smoking cigarettes with a couple of amps Cups and, and, and tea. And tea. No, and, no, people and, don't get how like it. It was it's phenomenal yeah. what happened there. They don't get how. They yeah. Don't. So I, you know, for me, I was like, get off your phone. <laughs> but Paul you're McCartney's you're a, you're a 19 year old kid making uh, hip hop records in your basement, right? Yeah. Now you have your buddies making them next door. Yeah. And he's using auto tune, and you're not. Yeah. So you're trying to nail the vocal take. It's taking you six hours. Yeah. He's done it in five minutes. Now his song is already out amongst his friends. Right. So what do you do? Are you going to sit there for six hours or are you going to use autotune? Two things. Uh, a, we should do a tweet sheet with Shane here because Shane's okay. got a good sense of humor yeah, and I think true. he'd enjoy that's this. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> and B, he brought his guitar. Yes. I think that we should allow him to serenade us uh, yes. at some point yes. before we go. Um, All right, the tweet sheet, Shane, is so, something so. I do on my uh, on my uh, daily radio show and Terry and I do it on the weekend show that we do on Light 106.7. I pick three things off Twitter, three funny tweets off Twitter, and I read them on the air. And for the podcast, I try to find the ones that I can't read on the radio because they're they're too salty, right? So I think I've got a really good one here, uh, uh, considering uh, uh, the guest today. All right, I think he'll get a charge. How do I participate? What do I? You just you just just follow along. You just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Here it comes any minute now. From at I Love Pie 84. Man, these vaginas need to dry up. Guys who bring guitars to parties, probably. <laughs> Hundreds. Hundred percent. As a guitar player, may I say, please leave the fucking guitars at home. No, Present, <laughs> Present like, company excluded, no, but how like many chicks are dead? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to stop the music on play some Cat Stevens for you. I thought you'd appreciate oh, that. Oh, my God. What's that sound? Hey. <laughs> Everybody up on the peace train. Oh, my God. Have we got a couple more, Poseidon? Okay. Yeah, I've prepared. Uh, All right. Alrighty. Oh, man, that's... From at El Knuckle Hombre, dishwasher plays a cute little ditty at the end of its wash cycle. Me, for the thousandth time, looks around. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. Been there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Instant anxiety attack. You're in the shower. You leave the, the, the phone on the kitchen counter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. You just want to fucking tick the shit out of the mirror. Sorry, sorry. Oy. All right, let's do one. Uh, right. Let's one do more one here. You're triggering me, Ted. Yep. From at awkward enabled. As a child, I was told if I stayed calm, the bee wouldn't sting me. I quickly learned that staying completely still gave that motherfucker ample time to find the best place to sting. It's <laughs> very, very true. Hundred <laughs> percent. Squash him. I know bees save the planet, but fuck it. He's coming yeah, at yeah, me. Yeah, no, get out no, of here. No, yeah, I love that. Squish you and yeah, the, we've all been at those parties, eh? We've all been at those well, parties. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't want to get. I shouldn't bring this up now. It's too late now. I've talked about. It. <clears throat> Excuse me. My wife likes to, a particular bar of soap at one of the fancy shops because um, it's natural and whatever. And she liked the, this particular soap, and she went in to buy the soap. And the woman said, oh, we're not carrying that anymore because uh, it's got honey in it and that's um, that's murder for the bees and we don't want to be associated with that. What? Not, yes. How could there be murder for the it's bees? It's their saliva. That, uh, oh, don't talk dirty now, Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have squashed that bee had I known where it was going. Some bee kind of, saliva. Some kind of crime, apparently. Yeah. You should do that at Starbucks yeah. now. You want bee saliva <laughs> with that? Uh, sorry? And your latte, the little bee saliva. Tell me about this guitar, Sheen. What 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 kind of guitar is that? It's really a, an interesting it's, uh, sheen to it and look to yeah, it. Yeah, it's just a it's just a Gretsch, which uh -huh. is a famous uh, famous drum and guitar company, and it's just a it's actually a student model, mm -hmm. like in three three quarters. Yep. So it's a bit. Uh, yeah, I look like a bear riding a tricycle. <laughs> it's true, eh? It's a bit smaller, so isn't it? it, it yeah, it, 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 it's, made, it's made to learn on. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is for for students, and it, it's just uh, it's I don't know, it's like three hundred bucks, and it fits in the car. If you could go to Steve's and buy any guitar you wanted, what would you buy? I would buy their custom shop Fender Stratocaster, which costs seven thousand dollars. Okay, which I tried, and I was like. Because they really, they really do have. You can really hear it, eh? The uh, sound, yeah, the it's sound. just like if you ever get, you know, to drive a really nice car, yeah. or drive yeah. in a really nice car, you're like, oh yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, I get it, you know. And, right. And if you're not not used to, yeah, it's just the wood is the best of the best. The grain is tight. It's it's you know the best metals. It's not. Uh, okay. It's just everything. I don't know anything about guitars, but I've heard Stratocaster for fifty years. Buddy Holly. Yeah, okay. there Jimmy you Hendrix. go. Over yeah. 50 years even then, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what I think we're going to do here is we're going to close out with Shane. Okay. Eh? And yep. uh, that means 
<clears throat> pardon me. I'm just going to quickly say thanks to the UPS store. Yes. Hey, just it's our uh, our last sponsor of uh, this particular es- uh, episode, um, and uh, the upsstore.ca is where you start. Find a location near you, and you will find an entrepreneur who's running his own business that's going to help your business. A lot of people are working from home. Have been. As Shane mentioned, since the pandemic set in, a lot of people do home businesses. If you've got packages to send, if you've got packages that need packing, if you need to send a fax, if you're looking for labels, if you are looking for anything that has to do with getting your business up and running and shipping stuff across the country, leave it to the folks at the UPS store, the upsstore.ca. They're all independently run and independently owned. There's over 350 of them across the country. And not only business owners are using them, but they can do things like, uh, you know, pack the cookies that you want to send to your grandparents in Edmonton. What about your great aunt? Your great aunt. Your great uh, aunt who? Out of hell with her. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we had Effie, we had yeah. Griselda, yeah. and you made up a completely new name yesterday. Yeah. Uh, aunt Gertrude. If you're waiting <laughs> okay, to send Aunt go. Gertrude the cookies, or if you have a guitar that needs a shipping, they can make sure that it's safely packed up for you. Um, uh, you get what I'm trying to tell you. It's your one-stop place. If uh, you run a small business or you've got to get something to Aunt Gertrude, the upsstore.ca. All right, Shane, what are you gonna, what are you gonna, what are you gonna favor us with? Is that okay, Poseidon? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yes. This is a song off uh, Get Religion. Okay. Shell tuned up? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Okay. It's nice I took the time. <laughs> I'll tune it now while we're all waiting. <laughs> it's cool, you get it? Saved your money, you've got your family. Please forget me and go be happy. so cruel to treat you like a fool but did I mention someone got to me she got a flame from a stack been blowing back the angels moving heat up and down the track Jerry's calling in the dues I got the western blues is there something wrong with me I failed to mention that someone got to me I failed to mention that she got to me. Mm-hmm. 
First of all, I love the melody, and second of all, the the lyric is really powerful. Is that a Montreal song? East End Girl, West End Blues. Point, well, it's just East End Girl, but yeah, Point yeah. Trom. Yeah. Point wow. Just forget yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. Go be happy. It's <laughs> and now I'm going to sing a sad song. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Is it a true story? Yeah, true enough. Yeah. There are many, wow. many elements of truth to it. Wow. Yeah. The best stories and the best songs yeah. are true. So yeah. is is that on the record chain? It's, that is a great yeah. track. Yeah, last song on the record. That's a great track. Cool, man. Wow, what great... Um, that makes me excited to hear the record. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put you guys... As they say, put you, you guys on the list, please. Wow. Are you going to play that at... Uh, yeah. I'll be in town. Okay. Yeah, he'll yeah. be in town. I'll go for sure. When is it? Plus one, July the 9th. <laughs> I'll be there. Saturday night. It's the, yep. last, uh, it's the last Saturday night of the Jazz Fest. Yeah. And um, Club Soda. Yep. Doors are at uh, seven, and it's going to be uh, going to do two sets, and then we're going to have a late night jam. So yeah. we're going to get a lot of musical guests that I know from, from town, and hopefully, wow. you know, hopefully a couple from out of town, and yeah. we'll just jam all night and see what happens. That must be quite a trip, eh? When you're just jamming with people, it must be quite a trip. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, you know, like if you guys interview somebody that's yeah. that really gets you going, it's that's stimulating. It's a fun thing, right? It's energizing. Yeah, and as opposed to, you know, if you're interviewing someone and you look over Poseidon, Poseidon's like this. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he does, and then he does one of these. <laughs> Boy, if I had a nickel, yeah. <laughs> that never uh, happens. The king of the sea wants to drown me. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's a blast. It's a blast. This, uh, and I just like to say thank you very much. Uh, listen, uh, thank you. We uh, this has been a, a, a gas, an absolute hoot. This has been uh, one of our. If I can blow smoke up our own ass, one of our better episodes. Yep. I think um, I could hear the vaginas drying <laughs> yeah. up right now. <laughs> Like silica gel in my <laughs> where can people my find, where can people find you where can people uh, find the what's the IG, website the IG handle okay as the kids say yeah uh, Shane Murphy MTL the website is shanemurphyofficial.com. I'm on Facebook uh, you can shoot me a message there mm-hmm. my band page on Facebook I find it's not really whatever but uh, yeah I'm around okay Shane Murphy thank you so much thank you very much this was a lot of fun Birdman it was yeah yeah, yeah this was a this and was a Montreal podcast yeah I was yeah. Uh, like you I had the goosebumps and uh, the lump in my throat that yeah. was a, that's a hell of a track Poseidon thank you always a pleasure gentlemen. thank you very very much and uh, thanks for listening to the podcast uh, if you can share it with your friends Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.